Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Hutchison. We are here Monday, March 15th. Springtime is coming. I'm feeling good. You know, I've been having a really great few weeks. And as you've heard me talk about, like we ended up adding two new associates. I changed my schedule. I usually work Monday nights. Now I'm working Tuesday nights and Wednesday is just a half day. So I went from my two-day clinical to a one and a half day clinical which has been really good. But you know, what's been really cool is on Monday nights, I would come in and I'd see or three columns of ortho. And it's a crazy night. There's a lot of volume, a lot of people coming through. And I would usually show up to work on Monday, maybe an hour before I have to get in there and just post it's all over my desk. Like people need things for me, patients I have to respond to all this stuff. And it made for a really hectic kind of shitty Monday that was causing me to kind of like hate like Sundays, you know, getting those Sunday scaries. I didn't switch it for that reason from Monday night to Tuesday night. I did it to make sense for the adding the new associates and stuff. But what's crazy that happened is I get to go in there on Monday when I wake up. Whenever I wake up, usually, I don't know, I wake up about 8, 15, you know, drive one of my kids to school or something. And I get in there and I take care of all these post-its and I take care of all these patients I have to correspond to or do something for. And then I kind of just talk to my team and then I go home. And it's really cool because it's like a chill day and it's such a great way to start the week. Then I roll in the next day on Tuesday and then I have my busy day with my ortho, but I don't have to necessarily put out all these fires and handle all these things because I already handled them on Monday. So, man, you know those parts of your life where just everything's clicking and you're just like, dude, like all your relationships are good. You feel good. It's getting warmer outside. The sun's out. It just everything has been clicking for me, and I've just been really feeling good these past few weeks. And I hope this continues. I know it always won't, you know, ups and downs, but man, I am on an up right now, and I'm loving it. All right, cool. You know, you know what else I did? I hired a personal trainer about a month ago because, you know, as as you know, I tore my ACL about a year and a half ago. Went from about 213 pounds all the way up to 237 pounds, which how did I let myself get 237 pounds? You know, it's beyond me, but it's it's one of those things. It's like, what is it? Things happen slow until they're sudden. I don't know what what the saying is, something like that. You know what I mean? But I got this personal trainer and I I was probably about 224 when I started working with the personal trainer because I'd lost a, a lot of that weight just naturally from like being on my feet and like running and stuff like that, lifting weights. But I get this personal trainer and I'm down like 10 pounds in a month, which is awesome. And I'm down to my my pre-ACL weight. I'm about 213 right now. So I feel good about that. And I'm going to keep going because I remember I was like, man, I'm really happy to be at my pre-ACL weight. But I don't think I was necessarily happy with my weight even then. And if you've met me in person, you're going to be like, dude, that's you're crazy. But, you know, I want to be fit as much as I can. I want to be healthy. I want to, you know, live a long time, things like that. So it's not just about looking good, but it's about feeling good, too. And, man, maybe maybe that's part of why I feel so good lately. Anyway, let's talk about our topic today. I want to get an associate. You know, I, a lot of people want associates. So wh- why? You know, and then you also hear these, the naysayers, eh, I tried the associate, didn't work out. You hear the associate horror story. So I want to kind of break down, like, why would you want an associate? Why wouldn't you want an associate? And kind of... What are some of the pitfalls that we run into? So why would we want an associate? I mean, one of the major benefits is you get to take more time off. I remember, I remember being my only doc and taking off maybe like four to six weeks a year if I was lucky. And every time I took off a week, it would be a week I already had a holiday in it. It would be like Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Christmas, because I was already taking off some days anyway. So I didn't feel so bad about it. But you know how it is. You know, you're $100,000 office. You take off a week. You're going to be like, dude, I mean, you go on vacation, maybe just stay home, maybe just take some time off. But you know, it's like the back of mind, 
that opportunity cost, you know it's costing you $25,000 to shut down that office and production for a week. So one of the things that you could do when you get an associate is you could take time off and keep that office open. Everybody keeps their hours. Everyone keeps working. I can't tell you that there's nothing more magical than driving by your office and knowing it's open and that patients are going in and out and you're not doing the dentistry. It's just a cool feeling. I can't explain it, but it's a cool feeling. Another reason, you know, you get to do more procedures that you enjoy and less of what you don't. Now, people say, if I got an associate, I wouldn't dump on them. I wouldn't give them the crappy procedures. But listen to me for a second. If you block out your schedule by procedure where you have certain blocks for fillings and certain blocks for crowns and stuff like that, like I recommend, this is a whole scheduling module on Dental Business Mentor if you want to hear more about it. What you do is, you know, your associate's definitely not going to be as busy as you. They don't have the patient base as you when they come on. So you say, hey, you know, would you mind taking some of my fillings just so you're more busy? They're going to say, yeah, I want to be busy. They want to make money. So then you just kind of reduce the amount of filling blocks that you have so that your fillings get booked out really far. And then your patient can decide, hey, do you want to see Dr. Etch? The next available for to get your fillings done is about three, four months from now. Or you could see Dr. Associate. And we can get you in on Tuesday. Ooh, Dr. Associate is actually Dr. Etch's dentist, and, and, he, she, and she or he's great. You can kind of get rid of some of those procedures you don't want to do just because the associate wants to be more busy. And, you know, chances are a lot of associates, they don't do some of the more complicated stuff. So they can reciprocate by sending you some, some bigger stuff that you want to do. So that's another benefit. You get to make more money. I mean, we talk about EBITDA. You know what EBITDA is? It's like earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. So essentially all EBITDA is, it's how much profit does the owner make just by being an owner. So if you got a million dollar office and say maybe you're taking home 40% of that. So you're making 400K a year. If you paid yourself as an associate, 30% of production, 300K a year salary would be essentially for your production. And then the other 100K would be the EBITDA. Now, anything you pay towards loans, that includes in the EBITDA. So it's just profit. So the thing is, is that, you know, most million dollar offices probably have like a 10, 12% EBITDA. But once you get up there at 1.5, $2 million land, you know, that EBITDA grows as you start to dwarf your, your fixed expenses, your rents becomes a smaller percentage. So you get to keep more of every dollar that goes through the office. Say you're producing with your own hands 500K a year. How can you make more money? Well, why don't you produce 800K a year? Okay, yeah, so keep doing more dentistry. Do some same-day dentistry, stuff like that. But if you add associates and grow the practice and grow the revenue and grow the collections, there's still a percentage of every dollar that goes through that office that you get. So if you can just grow the collections by adding an associate, usually that allows you to take more time off because you can back down a little bit because the associate production, the percentage of the associate production, which is the EBITDA, as well as the hygienist that'll be there when that associate's working, is going to offset that that income that you're going to lose by not producing as much. And you've heard me say it before, when I sold my practice, it was valued off of 2019 numbers. I mean, it was like 84% of my income was owner income, was from the EBITDA. It wasn't from me producing actual dentistry. So that's another benefit of having an associate. It's more fun. It's just more fun to be around another dentist. It gets lonely in dentistry. I remember when I hired my first associate, Dr. Kathy, it was just so nice to like discuss cases with another dentist. I'm like, hey, check a look at this. What do you think of this? Sometimes we're, we're all creaming over our endos. Hey, look at this one. Look at this endo I just did. You know, so it's just fun to share that with someone, have someone there to do it with. So, you know, the last part of adding an associate is that you can, you get more time to run the business. And when you have more time to run the business, the business will grow. You will grow the revenue. Your employees will be happier. Everyone will be happier. The patients get taken better care of because everyone's happy. 
and you make more money, which is also good. All right, what are the downsides? The associate might not interact with the team like you do. They might be kind of mean. So this is coming down to like choosing the right person. You need to choose somebody that's likable, someone that you like, but also coming down to setting the expectations. When my associates start with me, I let them know that we are not above anybody. We do not talk down to anyone. We do not talk down to the front desk. We don't talk down to the assistants. And we're not like, hey, go get this. I'm the doctor. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that is the worst thing you can do. And that is one of the worst things your associates can do. If you find out an associate's doing that, you need to address that because they might not even know they're doing it. And a lot of people coming out of school, they kind of just, they, they're happy to get that doctorate title. They're really excited. They want to be called by doctor their last name. And it's really important to them. And they, they think they're, it's, it's like this ego thing. And I've been there. I've been a new grad. I've been an associate. And I, I hate to say it, but I kind of was like that too. Like, go get me this. I'm the doctor. I, this is, I'm above this. I'm, this is not my job. You know, things like that. So you want to set that expectation that that's not okay. You also want to set the expectation that I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to make you the best you can be at treatment planning, at dentistry, everything. I want to coach you. Set that from the beginning so that it's expected for you to coach them. And set it with your team. Let your team know they can coach the associate and let the associate know that your team will also coach them. I have my hygienists that were helping my associates. You know, they're saying, hey, you know, doc, when you said this, I think it would be, might be better if you said it like this. It was kind of confusing. So if you set that expectation at the beginning, it's not awkward when you start doing it. Now it's went awkward when you wait like two months and then everyone starts coaching this dentist and they're like, dude, back off me. I feel like I'm under the microscope. Okay. Make it normal. Set that expectation. The other thing is they don't treatment plan like you. So how do we get around that? Well, we go through treatment plans with them. We go through charts. We go through photos. We calibrate together. We look at this. Tell me what you would do with this. How would you explain this? Why would you crown this? Why wouldn't you crown this? Here's what I think. What do you think? Just like getting on the same page. And then they might not present like you either. You have to listen to them do new patient exams. Sometimes they just need a structure. Sometimes they just need like, hey, go in there, introduce yourself, get in front of the patient, shake their hand, you know, not oh, could, could shake hands, like bump elbows. What the hell? Is, I, I just hate bumping elbows. I, don't, I, I refuse to bump an elbow. Don't ever bump an elbow with me. But you go in there and sit down, you know, you, t- you, you get to know them, you ask them what their goals are. You know, they just need a structure. So coach them on that. And then, you know, I think the biggest problem that most people run into at Associates is they're just not that likable. You hire somebody that wasn't that likable and then you wonder why nobody likes them. You got to hire someone who's likable. Hire somebody who is, has an attractive personality. I'm not saying they look attractive. I'm saying attractive personality. Somebody that's friendly, outgoing, smiles, someone that's positive, enthusiastic. You'd be surprised how far enthusiasm goes in dentistry. As a doctor, people love enthusiasm. So if you're thinking, oh, you know, I hired the wrong associate, like everyone hates them, the patients hate them, my team hates them, they do crappy work, you know what? You hired somebody that probably wasn't that likable. You know, the last thing I, I do want to talk about too is the clinical stuff. I don't want to be replacing a bunch of stuff. You need to check their stuff. So make it a policy in your office that you will take a, a post-cementation radiograph after every crown delivery and every now and then let them know, hey, I'm just going to pop in and I'm going to tap your assistant on the shoulder when you're doing some class twos and I'm going to point at her and she's going to know to take x-rays after that. And she's going to tell the patient, hey, we need these x-rays for your insurance. It's just so you can check them. Don't wait until they come back for recall to figure out that every gingival portion of the box is completely void of composite. Okay, so you could just be on this stuff. So I think if you're on it and you're proactive and you're ahead of it, you can really have great associate experiences. And I just couldn't imagine like my life without my associates. They're great people. They make, they make my life better. And 
It's not one-sided. I make their lives better. I give them a great place to work that gives them a lot of patience, that has a well-trained team, a well-oiled machine that provides really great care for patients. So don't sell yourself short. But if you want an associate, there's some things you got to do. You know, you can't bring on an associate having 15, 20 new patients a month. You got to get your your practice ramped up. You got to get it amped up. You got to get it going. So I hope someone, if you're thinking about having an associate, I hope that like gave some insight into why you might or how to step around the horror stories of bad associates, because there are bad associates and there are bad associate stories. But I hope that gave you some information. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, would you just take a moment and write a five-star review for the podcast? That's the littlest thing you can do to give back to me. I would so much appreciate that you take the time to do that. Everybody have a fantastic week, and we will see you next time.